0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mamba Moments. With my new position at Lakers Nation, we are continuing the Lakers Nation theme. We have here Ron Gutterman, Lakers staff writer, podcaster, extraordinaire, editor of Angels Nation, uh, writer at Rams Newswire, Raiders Newswire, and of course, lifelong Kobe Bryant fan and expert. Ron, how are you doing today? Doing great, Skyler. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, my pleasure. So the main thing here is that Ron and I actually both wrote articles on the same day to commemorate the 11th anniversary of the Lakers Celtics championship. Me writing top five moments and Ron writing his article covering this day in history and giving a really awesome quick overview. So, Ron, the first question I want to ask you here going back to that championship is... What happens if Kobe doesn't win that championship? And the follow-up is what did that championship really do for his legacy?
1: Well, I mean, look, if if they don't win that championship against the Boston Celtics, I imagine there is some pretty hefty change in Los Angeles. Um, I know they had just won the championship the year before, but Kobe's whole goal for pretty much his entire tenure as a Laker was to defeat the Boston Celtics. And that 08 loss it stung him more than anything in his 20-year career. So I imagine a second loss to the Celtics probably it makes him put some pressure on the Lakers organization internally to go out and make a big splash. And, you know, that splash could have been Chris Paul, but it, there, there could have been a big splash there that followed such a monumental loss, especially after losing in 08 as well.
0: Wow, absolutely. And what do you think was the main thing winning that night did for Kobe Bryant's legacy?
1: Well, in 2009, Kobe winning against the Magic cemented that he could do this on his own without Shaq. He didn't need Shaquille O'Neal to win championships. But 2010, it brought something extra. It wasn't just about, hey, I can win without Shaq. It's, I am one of the greatest to play this game. It, there's no doubt about it. I have proven that by winning three championships in the early phase of my career. And I've also completely reinvented myself. And I've won two with a whole new team that's built around me, not that's built around Shaq, not that's built around me and Shaq. I can build a dynasty with myself and people that complement me. So I think that that championship really brought him from, you know, a very great player, one of the all-time grades to a true top 10 player of all time, no doubt hall of famer, just, everything came back to this championship because it was against the Celtics because it was such a difficult championship run. There was so much about it that just cemented Kobe's like it elevated his status to something that only, you know, a handful of players have ever reached.
0: Absolutely. No, really great answer there for sure. Uh, Continuing, you know, with the theme of that game, what is there a signature Kobe moment or Kobe aspect of that game that really sticks out to you you know we got the broken finger the 15 rebounds so many different things
1: yeah the, the thing about kobe is obviously throughout his career everyone knew kobe as a as a score first he was you know he had that ball hog kind of uh, thing about him which was never really substantiated but people love to say he was a ball hog and i think that game proved his ability to win games when his scoring wasn't working. I mean, he, he did not shoot the ball. Well at all that game, it was actually one of the worst shooting games of his entire, of his entire playoff run, but he was able to impact the game defensively with his rebounds, with his playmaking. He got Pau Gasol involved in an incredible way. That was Pau Gasol's best game as a Laker, in my opinion. Um, He, he got Pau Gasol involved. And so I I just thought he, he did a remarkable job in that game seven And, and the signature moment I think has to be, you know, there's so many great moments from that game, but the signature moment has to be the pass to, to Ron Artest for the game cementing three. I mean, Kobe, his whole career, he's the ball hog. He's the score first, I'm going to get mine. Well, in the final moments and in, in the biggest moment of the game, he was double teamed and he found the open teammate who hit the big shot. So I, for me, that has to be it.
0: Absolutely, I think that's a great call. Uh, Kobe passed me the ball, iconic moment that we never would have seen. Had that not happened, and what an incredible series! What an incredible moment that was! You know, uh, we both wrote about the Sasha Vujicic three free throws, as well as you know Kobe and Powell's relationship. And do you have any insights or thought in particular? Something I really liked from that game was when Sasha and Kobe sort of touch heads at the end, and Kobe knew how much that meant because uh, that cliff has shown a lot less then Kobe sort of given it to Sasha in practice. So, you know, as someone who has followed the Lakers your whole life and covers them now, do you have any thoughts or insights on Kobe and Sasha's relationship? Well, I mean, look. How that Kobe, played into
1: the free throws.
0: Yeah, yeah. Kobe,
1: uh, well, if you recall, uh, when Kobe had some post-retirement moments with Luka Doncic, he said that everything he learned about the Slovenian culture and that that language, he learned it from Sasha Vujacic. So, it was very clear that him and Sasha were very close and that, that, you know, Mamba mentality, the way he pushed him the way it was something that Sasha actually appreciated. So I really think that they had a very close relationship and for Kobe and I, you know, Kobe obviously doesn't dictate who shoots the free throws in the big moments, but if Kobe wants the ball in the final moments of the NBA finals, no one else is allowed to touch the basketball. You give the ball to Kobe. So for Kobe to say, you know what? Like, Sasha, I trust Sasha. He should be on the floor. He should have the ball in his hands in this moment because I know he's going to drill two free throws when I need him to. I think it shows the the mutual respect that Kobe had for Sasha and Kobe had respect like that for a lot of the role players that played with him throughout the years. But Sasha, he, he had a different level of respect that he didn't really exhibit for anyone else as openly as he did with Sasha.
0: Absolutely. No, I I couldn't agree more with that. And something you wrote about in your article was that we expected LeBron and Kobe to face off in the finals this year. I've gotten to talk about LeBron and Kobe with lots of people and get really interesting insight. But, you know, from that perspective, what do you think would have gone down if in 2010, the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James and Kobe Bryant played in the finals? And how do you think that could have even changed the NBA? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, big, the big
1: year that LeBron was supposed to meet Kobe in the oh, finals nine. was 2009, when the Magic somehow won the Eastern Conference. I'll never understand how, how the Magic won that series, but it, that was supposed to be the year. But 2010 was another good opportunity. I believe the Cavs went home in the second round. They lost to the Celtics. If, if the Cavs beat the Celtics, they make it to the finals. LeBron will not lose to the same opponent twice. Um, He wouldn't have lost to the magic again. I really, I firmly believe the Lakers win that series. Of course, I don't think the Cavaliers were very well constructed outside of LeBron, but man, you know, Kobe and LeBron during their careers, we didn't see a lot of their relationship. They were always playing on different teams. You never saw, you never saw a ton of moments when they would meet for, you know, the Olympics or the all-star game, you would see that, that brotherhood that they had, but it was never open all the time. Once Kobe retired and LeBron came to the Lakers, you saw that they were actually very close. They, they talked all the time. They were truly very good friends. And so I think that 2010 finals, had they met or in 09, I think it would have been a really awesome moment and it would have shown the brotherhood that they've formed over the years in the NBA. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been really beautiful to see. And I, I wish we got that. That's, you know, I think the biggest regret of LeBron's career, the biggest regret of Kobe's career. They both said that. Um, they wish they could have played alongside each other or against each other in the finals. And I know the fans wish they had that moment too.
0: Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. I think that LeBron Kobe final uh, would have been one of the greatest moments in NBA history would have been another notch in their debate. We sort of saw the Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady uh, matchup this year. And while there's quite a bigger age difference in that case, if that debate ever happens, you have the head-to-head finals matchup. So that would have been really interesting to see. And, Ron, something I want to know with you, I know that with Lakers Nation, you've talked a lot about, you know, how Kobe Bryant got you into basketball and got you into the Lakers. So was there a specific moment or something, and something very specific about Kobe Bryant that really made you fall for that or get involved with the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: Well, I mean, I I recall... I started watching the Lakers. I think I was about five or six years old, very young. Kobe um, Kobe is willing this just horrible Los Angeles Lakers team to the, to the playoffs year in and year out. You know, it's that 05-06 team where Kobe's averaging 35 a game and they're barely over 500. Um, watching those games that season, my, my dad showed me games. He took me to a couple of games that year. Watching the way that Kobe just – You know, we talk about LeBron, the way he's able to lift his teammates up. And with Kobe, it was almost like he is so much better than everyone he's on the floor with that even if he lifted them up, they wouldn't even hold a candle to him. He's just so good. And he's able to do things that no one else on the floor can do. So he was really winning in spite of his teammates. He was it felt like he was playing one on five at times and winning games. And that's really what got me. Into basketball, into the Lakers, was seeing Kobe just dominate on a night-to-night basis because he knew, and the fans knew, and everyone knew, and the coach knew. Phil Jackson knew. No one was doing anything other than Kobe because they couldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a crazy era with uh, with Smush Parker and all of that, and Kobe dropping eighty-one and all that. I mean, speaking of Kobe dropping eighty-one, what is there a favorite Kobe Bryant on-court moment of yours? Favorite there's
1: there. I mean, look, it's, I, I watched, I watched Kobe Bryant. I mean, I got into the game when I was about five, six years old. So I watched, I want to say 11 years of Kobe's career firsthand. I I didn't, I, you know, I saw highlights and old games uh, from before I got into basketball, but I witnessed about 11 years of Kobe firsthand. And there, there are a few that come to mind, obviously his final game, is is a moment for the ages it's one of my favorite moments as a lakers fan just because of the story behind that night and what what i had to do to watch that game it was a a crazy night so that's that's got to be up there for me um winning that 2010 championship is up there for me i think uh man i i would i would have to say i'd have to say his final night is uh is definitely the number one Um, They're just there too many to count. So I I feel like I got to go with that and just kind of stop there or else it's going to go down a rabbit hole.
0: Well, man, tell us more about Kobe's final night from your perspective, uh, where you were. I've I've mentioned on this podcast before, I actually got to fly out from Winnipeg, Manitoba a day after I finished my business degree and go see Kobe Bryant's final game. Uh, He scored 60 points, you know, the whole farewell season, his body breaking down and he somehow goes for 60. I'd love to know, you know, what it meant to you on a personal level and where you were and just any other thoughts and memories of that game. Yeah, so that
1: that night uh, is, is a crazy night. So I was a, I believe I was a junior or a senior in high school, one of those. Um, and I, I had a, uh, I had an on campus event that I had to be at that night. And I was very upset, knowing that it was Kobe's final game and the event ran from 6pm to 930pm. So it was like, I had to miss basically the entire game. Very upsetting. So what I did was my friend and I, who uh, he, he was a big Kobe fan as well. Uh, what we did was during the event, we both turned off our phones completely. We were not going to receive any notifications. We turned off our phones. We shut off all notifications so that when we turned our phone back on, we wouldn't get the notifications, turned off everything. And then we went through the event. We, we, we did it. We didn't ask anyone anything that was going on. We went back to his house. He recorded the game and we watched starting at 10 p.m. We watched the full unabridged game. We didn't we didn't skip through anything. We didn't do any of that. We watched the whole game start to start to finish. The game ended at like 1 a.m. And we're just screaming in, in, in my friend's house at 1 a.m. on like a, I think it was a Wednesday night. Just just going absolutely insane. Watching Kobe just demolish the jazz one final time. Um, yeah, it was a really beautiful night, and 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 you know, knowing myself, having my phone be completely off for three and a half hours, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, uh, but it was worth it to to get that moment uh, unfiltered.
0: Absolutely, that was incredible, and uh, particularly you know his game winner and all of that stuff. And something else I would love to ask you is, in today's NBA, is there any player or someone specifically? who you think is most like Kobe Bryant?
1: You know, for a long time, for a long time, I thought it was Kawhi Leonard. I thought Kawhi Leonard exemplified a lot of what Kobe had. Um, Kawhi Leonard, his his injuries have sort of taken a toll on him in a way at a younger age than it did to Kobe. And it's kind of affected his game a little bit. He doesn't quite have that, that explosion that Kobe had. He doesn't quite have that... Um, that killer instinct, just because he, he needs to take games off because he has, you know, degenerative knee conditions, whatever. So with Kawhi, I've kind of lost that for me right now, it has to be Jason Tatum. And yeah. I know it's, it's crazy to say that it's a Celtic. Um, but Jason Tatum is, is Kobe Bryant. Uh, in a nutshell, he has the killer instinct, he has the ability to carry a horrible team well beyond their expectations. He is the ability to score 50 and be efficient while doing it. He has all of those abilities that Kobe had. And I mean, look, if there's one player who's not on the Lakers, who I would give up just about anything to see him in a Laker uniform one day, it's got to be Jason Tatum because of that Kobe connection.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Kobe trained Tatum. Uh, We've seen the video comparing them with the footwork, the jump shots, the fadeaways, the pull-up dribble, the defense. And I mean, not Tatum's there defensively yet, but still everything. And just how much he learned from and idolized Kobe. You can see so many aspects of him in their game. And I think that that is absolutely incredible. And so with that, you know, I also wanted to ask, is there any way that, with Lakers nation. Is there any favorite Kobe story that you've heard during your time with Lakers nation, whether through a fan, whether something you've had to cover, write about, or even throughout your life? Um,
1: you know, I, I started working in Lakers nation at, at four Lakers nation at, in 2018. So it was, it was post the Kobe days. Um, so there wasn't a ton of discussion about Kobe. I, I do remember, um, the night, the night, of Kobe's, the night of Kobe's death, uh, Trevor Lane, who you, you know very well, and anyone who watches or li- uh, reads Lakers Nation knows Trevor Lane, he, uh, he posted an article uh, essentially thanking Kobe Bryant, and, and it was a whole tribute article. And I read it right when it was published. Um, and I, I loved it, and I, I texted him. And this was before I did video work, so we really hadn't talked that much. Uh, But I I texted him just to say, hey, I read uh, your article and we had probably a 30, 45 minute conversation talking about Kobe and where the Lakers go from there. And I think just the idea that any two people who like the Lakers can bond specifically over Kobe Bryant, uh, it doesn't even have to be about anything, really. Just bonding over the existence of Kobe Bryant is something that uh, it's a bond that only Lakers fans share. And there's not really... Other franchises, I don't believe have a player like Kobe, you know, maybe the Bulls have it with Michael Jordan or the Cavs with LeBron, but there's, there's not really a guy who can unify an entire fan, uh, entire fan base, the way Kobe can do that with Lakers fans.
0: Absolutely. It's absolutely incredible. Do you think there was any specific quality about Kobe that allowed that to happen? Or do you think it was mainly just the fact that he was Kobe Bryant? And he did amazing things.
1: I mean, it's it's obviously a, a part of it is just the way he was able to mesmerize on the court. But I think he was also beyond, you know, there, we talk about Mamba mentality and his sort of almost like psycho level uh, attention to detail with the game of basketball. But I think what drew fans to him was his ability to be a killer on the court, but then be so be so calm and peaceful and wise off the court. The way he was able to be so eloquent and and, and talk so beautifully about the game of basketball and about his life, you know, his wife and his daughters. I think he was just a really unifying figure uh, with his personality, the way he was able to navigate the world that he was living in.
0: Wow. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's a, a really, really great way to look at it. So Ron, you know, really appreciate you coming on today, sharing some of your insight, sharing all of that. So I'm going to close off with uh, a final question here, and that is what would you say is the most important life lesson or takeaway that you get from Kobe Bryant?
1: Um, you know, when it comes to Kobe, I, I, I very much resonate with, with the idea that you, you can be, you know, we think about Mamba mentality as a sports thing, you know, put, put together your best effort on the court. What, what I learned from Kobe was that Mamba mentality and giving your all and being the absolute best you can be applies to literally anything it it doesn't even it doesn't have to be sports related it doesn't have to be career related it's just you need to pick something and you need to put put your entire focus on being the best at that thing that you can be i think that's definitely a lesson i learned from kobe and try to apply in my day-to-day life
0: absolutely man no that's incredible for sure and i think that's a, a great takeaway definitely so many great takeaways from kobe but ron really appreciate you Coming on today and uh, sharing all of that with us. So, Ron, man, tell the viewers where can they find you.
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me. Uh, you know, I obviously write for Lakers Nation and Angels Nation, so you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter, Ron Guterman twenty uh, four. You can follow Angels Nation at Angels Nation LA. Uh, I know a lot of people. Anyone listening to this probably follows Lakers Nation, but if you want some Angels content, Angels Nation LA, I'm there all the time. Uh, yeah, and you can find me on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. and there pretty frequently.
0: That's awesome. Yes, if you want guys want to tune in, you can actually see me, Ron, and Trevor all on or mentioned in this podcast today uh, doing a live show from Thursday, which was a lot of fun. And I know Ron's passion for the Lakers and Kobe and the incredible article he wrote, which I really recommend you guys check out, This Day in Lakers History. Mine as well. Top five moments from that game. And uh, it was really fun to, you know, reminisce and apply Kobe to the modern era as well. With that being said, all proceeds that I personally make will go to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. So please remember to you know, subscribe, download, rate, review uh, so that we can get those donations going. And other than that, Mamba out. Mamba forever.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.